Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a February edition. It's actually February 13th. It's Valentine's Day tomorrow. I hope you aren't waiting till the last minute because I know I did. I digress. Uh, Valentine's Day edition of the MSP Initiative MSP Talk. I'll uh, get some housekeeping out of the way, and then we'll get uh, we'll get into the stuff that uh, hopefully will move the needle. Here we are, mspinitiative.com. This is pretty much everything that we do here at MSP Initiative. This very session is being recorded. You'll have it here in podcast and video format under the sessions tab and in your favorite podcatcher and on YouTube. If you're not following us, click the like button because we do these pretty often and you know, they get interesting at times. We have two, not one, but two MSP Community Minds events. We did this last year. We love this nouveau educational format, partner panels with actual MSPs on there, uh, talking about relevant things that you care about, and experts who are doing actual workshops, not death by PowerPoint. We have two of these, April 17th and 18th, and July 24th and 25th. See this under MSP Community Minds or Community Minds tab on MSPinitiative.com. This event is one thousand percent free for you to attend what does that mean yep got to get there that's going to cost you some time and money but we do not charge 2.99 3.99 4.99 9 or more to get to this event uh, once you register as an msp you're absolutely free and like food bev the whole thing is uh is included you know for the couple of days of this event so check it out would love to see you there um actually starting to see some pretty good traffic on these uh, so we're kind of excited for it of course, we do the MSP community block parties every year. This year is no different. First one's coming up in Dallas, March 20, uh, in March, March 2024. Yes, we're in 2024, but March next month uh, at the Enable Empower event in Dallas. I think it's the last week uh, of uh, the month. So we'd love to see you there doing a block party there. We'll also be doing, uh, going back to Europe, uh, the DattoCon Dublin event, uh, which was great last year. They're going back again. So uh, we may be doing some extracurriculars around that. I hear the Phillies and the Mets are playing in London the weekend going into this game. Hint, hint. So could be something. Might be headed down to Australia for a couple of events uh, in both August and September. We'll see. And then we have... Uh, um, you know, Miami, you know, for DattoCon US and ConnectWise IT Nation usually to close out the year. So that's like six of those, plenty of stuff going on. They're always interesting. They're always different. We love them. So we have some community offers that are just deals that have been thrown up by some of the vendors around the industry. Take advantage of them if you uh, find them valuable. And lastly is our industry calendar. So there's uh, something like 250 to 300 events here uh, listed on here between now and the end of the year. Uh, we're constantly getting requests to add new ones. So if you find something that should be on here that isn't, let us know. We will add them. Uh, but the uh, industry calendar is always interesting because, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on in the circle. Uh, and you know what? Never enough hours or flight miles to be at them all. So there it all is. That is the housekeeping. Um, it's going to be a busy year. It already has been a busy year. Like this last month, this month, next month, it's just like gangbusters, like, you know. All cylinders firing. So our special guest today is uh, not new to the show, but has been uh, it hasn't been on since last year. Uh, it's only February, so bear with us. But uh, Lamont from Trend uh, Micro, uh, how are you doing today, my friend? Lovely, lovely. Happy pre Valentine's. I, I'm in the same boat of uh, waiting to that last minute, but uh, yeah, I got some things planned. But yeah see. yeah it was funny i was uh i was going through like uh you know the feeds you know and all the social platforms and i saw a video where some guys like you know my girlfriend stopped me and said that valentine's day is 
very important to her. So I asked her, hey, well, what are the plans then? So you figured it all out? Let me know what we're doing. And I was like, oh, that's good. I like that. Uh, I wish it was that easy, right? But uh, usually it doesn't work that way. I digress. True that, true that. <laughs> <laughs> uh so for all those people that are last minute shopping out there uh hopefully you're not like what's happening up here in the northeast where it's snowing and you know you can't really get anywhere and you're going to be like scrambling tomorrow but yeah good luck uh to all of you uh that being said Laman, welcome to 2024 uh it had you know 2023 was interesting uh, 2024 is no different. Uh, it is, you know, one of those in between years, right? Where, you know, things are in flux, right? Every four. So, uh, lots of, lots of interesting, you know, you know, you know, prognostication on where things go right between now and December. But, um, one thing's for sure. I want to just start this off because, uh, this came out, I think not, not only less than two weeks ago, uh, congratulations for finally uh, getting uh, onto the marketplace of Repax 8. I know that that was uh, a long time coming and a little bit of a labor of love. So uh, you yeah. know, I know that, that always feels good when you get to the finish line. Definitely. No, I appreciate that. Like you said, it's been a, a long road on the journey. But yeah, we announced January 25th officially. So we're in market, definitely working with Pax 8. Very excited about that partnership. You know, that 25th date doesn't represent the end of the journey, actually just the beginning. I know you and through your your other company, you're, you're part of that journey as well. So I appreciate uh, all the guidance and conversations we've had in that. But yeah, we're super stoked about uh, the Pax8 partnership. And, you know, we're just at that early stages. So, but I'm really excited about 2024 and really, you know, kicking off the year uh, uh, strong. We were just at their SKO and had a great introduction to that 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 pax8 ecosystem i got to really feel that energy so really appreciative uh, yeah not, nothing like uh i do love the hey let's rent out the suite level of the stadium down the street like it's kind of a cool effect uh as a you know an avid eagles fan over here you know i love any opportunity to roll into south philadelphia for for you know an afternoon day whatever um I'm sure the stadium staff loved all those extra beer mugs we started handing out there at the end, huh? <laughs> there, there was quite a bit. You, you definitely bought a, a lot of extra swag there, um, but I, I, like you said, I think the the folks at Mile High appreciated it. So uh, yeah, there, uh, there goes George again, giving back to the community. I'll say exactly. Hopefully, we replace some glassware for a ton of people in their cabinets, right? Uh, I didn't have any room in my suitcase, or I, I would have took a few. But I, I, I know a few uh, of my colleagues got were able to grab some. That's good. I'm glad to hear that we, uh, you know, the, you know, provide. It was like loaves and fishes, right? It's like, hey, take. I got enough mugs for all. Take them with you. Put them in your bag. Uh, too far. You get a mug. You get a mug. It was. Yeah, definitely quite a few out there from uh from the. But hey, listen, I I love to make sure people have some good things to have a good beverage in. You know, like that's, and it, yeah, I'm not saying go yeah. go crazy, but like you know, like you want to feel good about that drink. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so tell us what's happening like in the world of trend. I mean, security seems to be just you know, even though AI seems to be the new kind of buzzword. Uh, now these days, but uh, cybersecurity didn't stop, uh, you know, just because a new marketing campaign started. So, you know, like it seems to be still top of mind. I know, um, you know, obviously you guys are in that space. I'm 
you know, like I know right of booms right around the corner, right in Vegas. Like that's one where that highlights is like a security specific show for our, our space. So, you know, it just seems like, um, I, I, you know, let me, let me start with this question. Ready? Uh Oh, <laughs> have people gotten like a little bit numb to this conversation because it's, it was like literally like, Oh, we're just, we're just going to wait for the next one. Right. Cause they're just so often, like, I feel like, you know, it's almost like, well, eh, it's going to happen to everyone. Just sit and wait your turn. I, I would say maybe those closer in the security space. I think me personally, I've been actually going on uh, celebrating my 15 years at Trend Micro next month as well. Yeah. So I do find at times like, hey, is ransomware still a, you know, resonating conversation in the security space? And sometimes, sometimes I think I'm just really jaded, to be honest. I think you know, you, today could be a very interesting day yeah, as we continue to see attackers use more clever ways to initiate attacks. And so vulnerabilities, for example, is probably what we've seen kind of rise in how a, attackers initiate attacks. So I think every time we start thinking about, well, you know, is the, I'm just waiting for the next attack. I think the attackers actually keep us on our toes and remind us of really what's at, at stake here in the cybersecurity space. And so I, I think the attackers constantly give us a, cut, a gut check that maybe some some of us who've been in the industry a long time, like ransomware, are we still talking about it? Some, it could have that feeling sometimes, but I think you'll, you'll, you'll see just in the market, like customers really appreciate being protected when their time comes and it will come, right? So I think, yeah, very interesting question. What's what's your take on that though? What's your kind of feeling being in this space? I mean, the headline from, from the service provider, uh, you know, MSP chair, the headlines kind of help the conversation a little bit, right? It's like, hey, don't take my word for it. If you don't believe what I'm saying, here it is, right? And you know, and I know that the stuff that happens on Main Street doesn't always make it to the headlines, right? Like usually the big companies that are household names are the, the people that make it to the to the you know the ticker at the bottom, right? But you know the doctors, the accountants, the lawyers, the architects, the hospitals, the you know like these are things that are in every town, right? Doesn't have to be a major metro city, right? Like I don't have to go into Philly proper; it could be a suburb town. Like they all they get hit. Actually, I uh, I just noticed that. You know, not to get too far down, you know, unified communications voice lane, but like, you know, the people who are in wholesale who use third parties to do all their tax stuff for all the telco stuff, one of the vendors in that space got ransomware. They went offline for, for a month. You know, it's like, I chain of facts. <laughs> so what do you do? So, like, do you not file for all, you know, like, like, you know, you have to file every month. So if they're not online, what happens? Are you stuck? Right. So, like, and that kind of hits close to home, right? So, like, at the end of the day, you know, like, unfortunately, because the smaller orgs are in a situation where they don't have to say anything, they don't, right? And then you just, you don't hear about it, right? And I think that that's the part where hmm. sight out of mind and you think you're okay until you're not. And like, unfortunately, the smaller guys could get, you know, like an event may wipe them out, right? Like, it could be like, you don't come back from it, right? So... Yeah, I mean, I think the, the statistic today that's running around is the average ransomware attack, minimum a million dollars, really almost regard, regardless of size that, that impacts a company, right? Whether that's operational downtime, brand impact, right? So you're correct. I, I think security is still top of mind. Very interesting point from your perspective in the MSP chair. 
it kind of drives the conversation and I think helps educate uh, the customer, if you will, as well. Because, you know, like I think the news headlines, they, 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 they drive that awareness, but the customer may think, especially in the SMB space, small, medium business space, like it can't happen to me. But in theory, you're probably most vulnerable or most at risk because of various factors we know that are around the cybersecurity space today. Lack of talent, too many tools, yada, yada, MSPs have heard this before, right? <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Um, you know, the, you know the, the, the Matt Lees of the world have said, hey, the security solution you're using today may not be the security solution you're using six months, eight months, a year from now. Mm -hmm. so like, and like in my mind, like, I feel like the MSP doesn't have the bandwidth to... Like they're always onboarding new tools because I call it like credit card syndrome, right? Where they're walking down the show floor and they just start buying stuff. And six <laughs> months later, they're like, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually do anything. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but like, then you talk about switching vendors in the same category. You're like, well, you didn't have enough time to even do this. Now you're going backwards and you're, you know what I mean? So it, it's just interesting because there was an ex an explosion about 24 months ago-ish, right? Where like, all of a sudden you even saw like, you know, the people that you're seeing over and over again shifted from a, a potpourri of different categories to security. Uh, and I feel like everybody changed their banners to put the word cyber or something in it. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Um, how does that make sense? But I digress. Um, no, I'm not, we can't blame the MSPs for that. I, I think if we look at the speed of technology evolution, I used this recently, uh, our evolution in technology, like, it took 75 generations to go from paper to the printing press. Mm -hmm. And look at the last half generation, all of the evolution or revolution, if you will, that we've had in this space. And so the attack surface, so to Max's point about the security solution you use today may not be the one you use in the future. Just look at all the evolution we've had. We had virtualization, cloud computing, IoT, 5G, metaverse, AI now, if you will. So this changes the whole threat landscape and how attackers are initiated attacks. And so I think, um, you know, we can't blame everybody wanting to be in the cybersecurity space. It's it's that tells me this is a great market opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity for many of us in here. Uh, and so uh, and there's also a need, a demand. Not, that's not, you know, us saying it. It's the customer saying it. So you know, I'm not gonna. You're correct. There's everybody wants to be cybersecurity focused today, and uh, you know, this is definitely something I think trend. You know, some of us on the trend side, I've been here 15 years. Trend's been around 35 years, if you will, and I think that's a testament to how we're able to also adapt our solutions to this technology evolution that I just mentioned. So it's kind of a fun time to be honest. As I said, I've been in the game 15 years, but. I love the rapid change and evolution uh, that does all these new products, new technologies come to market. And so uh, I love tech, you know, I'm one of those geeks, I like to geek out a little bit on that, but. I'd, I'd, be, I'd say that's why a lot of the people that are in the sandbox, that's what I like to call it, um, are in it, right? They're like, hey, like, it's, it's kind of like a toy store, right? Constantly unwrapping new things, constantly new stuff coming through, you know, like it's kind of, some stuff stays the same, but a lot of stuff changes, right? And so, you know, part, I guess part of that whole, you know, we've all heard of the bell curve, right? It's like, 
how much time do you have to play in the in the in the in the in the garage on the table, right? To figure out what you want to, you know, what's working, what's not, kind of thing. And I would say that you know that varies, right? That mileage varies, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you know, so many of MSPs that I've run into are like, "Hey, I assembled my own thing," and I'm like, "What does that mean?" He's like, "Well, I went to this for this part of it, this for another part of it, this for another part," and like eight vendors later, you're like. How do all how does all this talk, right? Because like unless you're gonna, you know, literally have to, you know, like human being time paying attention here, like or just waiting for you to get eight thousand emails at one shot, like how do you how do all these things work together? And the answer is, well, you hope that you assemble them in a point where like it does feed to somebody who's watching for you. But I feel like that it was a little bit hazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, security is hazy. I think there's a tool for everything these days. And uh, a lot of MSBs, at least my my opinion is we try to solve business problems with technology and that's good. But sometimes we're so technology fo- focused. And I think cybersecurity is one of those spaces where technology plays a big role, but there are other pieces that impact the security and risk of, of cyber risk, for example. So it's an, I, I love I love this space. Uh, and I think it's even more interesting working with MSPs in, in this space and seeing even their evolution, right? I remember uh, in my early days, you know, security for a lot of MSPs was like, oh, a checkbox. Yep, I got that. Endpoint security, check. Firewall security, check. And now you're seeing cybersecurity and being a business driver for them. It's how they're growing their business, right? So you've seen kind of that evolution of of MSP really prioritize security. So it's always a a good time. But yeah, there's still lots of challenges out there and you were pointing to one, which is basically, I call it tool sprawl, right? There's so many tools and how do you connect it? You hear, you know, the, the latest technology right now, you know, XDR, you know, a couple of years ago, it was all about EDR. And now, you know, I think EDR is dead. It's, well, some of the analysts are saying EDR is short-lived. Short, well, well, I think you see EDR is very narrow to the endpoint. We we know today an attacker can come through so many different methods, vulnerabilities, um, compromised software, web, email, network, cloud assets, SaaS assets, that attack surface has expanded uh, just as this technology evolution. So EDR was going to quickly go out of vogue because it's so narrow in its focus and looking at one vector. And so the idea of XDR in concept is to to integrate various security solutions, whether they're native, like, hey, maybe your Trend Micro is like making up five parts of your tech stack or it's Trend Micro and competitor A, competitor B, um, et cetera. So we'll, we'll see how long uh, uh, XDR lives out, but uh, <laughs> I think that's one of the big problems that it's trying to solve is, hey, the attack serpent has brought it. How do I connect all this threat intelligence? The the sum is greater than the parts, if you will, for you psychology majors out there, gestalt theory. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, so, you know, at the end of the day, I know some MSPs were like, hey, we're big enough where we could start to build our own teams out. And I would say that that's you know, probably the larger guys, right? You know, they have the, the the manpower and the resources and the ability to attract talent, right? Mm-hmm. To build their own little security departments or socks or whatever it is, right? And then like for the rest of them, right? You're talking about like the probably north of 80%, if I had to put a percentage to it, are like, yeah, listen, 
this we don't have the time, the money, or the people to do this. Like we also feel like there's a lot of risk involved in being the guy, you know, for everything. Because like that's not our competency. And mm. like we gotta outsource, right? Like we gotta like we know what we're good at, we know what we're not good at. Let's not take on more than we can chew because if it does blow up, buck's gonna stop, you know, at your feet, right? And so for the majority of the you know companies out there, they're like, hey, we're consultative, right? We know what you need, we know why you need it, we can explain, you know, the 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 whole reasoning behind it. And you know, of course, there's a lot of things that start this conversation, whether there was an event or you know, whether, you know, there is a security questionnaire for an insurance policy or, you know, what's new now, Lamont, is like, you know, like, although I know it doesn't, it won't touch a lot of MSPs, but for some MSPs, like, you know, the new, like, like CMMCs that was, you know, a recent topic where it's like, hey, we're finally going to progress this thing for federal government contractors and the contractors of the federal government contractors. And now all of a sudden, your customer turns out to be, you know, somebody who you may not be able to service anymore because you can't comply with these things that are coming downstream. Um, you know, you're almost having to set a whole new business up if you're going to try and handle that. Um, it does change, you know, like change the game, right? Like, it's like, hey, you're going to have to let decide where, where you can actually play now rather than, hey, I'll take anyone. Yeah, I think in the ecosystem, this is now one of those times, like you said, for that 80%, Vendors like Trend Micro have become a more crucial piece to their go-to-market to address the requirements of their their customers, if you will. And so I think you've seen this explosion in, in the cyber in the MSB space of a lot of MDR, SOC as a service players, uh, all types of players, which again demonstrates that demand and need still um, uh, for us. But you know, I I would argue not every MDR offering that's one of the challenges with all the mdr offerings msps really got to look at the details what what type of offering is that is it a notify and you do with directed behavior or is it more full service the vendor or the partner is going to do investigation and response and reporting and these type of things right i think these days there's so many options what is the coverage of the mdr service is it just to my endpoint is it my endpoint my email my network does this vendor support like so this has also created this complexity um also for msps i feel where yes there's a need for these augmented security services to help msps elevate their game so they can address their customers cyber risk but at the same time you know you got vendors like us and other many of them that are saying, hey, you should use our SOC as a service, our MDR service. And so, you know, there's there's probably a, a little criteria that, you know, MSP should be looking at as evaluating vendors. I think, you know, one of those biggest ones is the vendors or the partners research uh, gravitas, if you will, right? Um, this is one, you know, not to plug Trend Micro, but I think this is one of the things that really separates trends just security offerings in general is underlying that is 35 years of threat research of constantly having to stay ahead of these competitors. And so our data, if you will, around how threat actors think, how they work, is 35 years in the making. And so that is one of the key information and in threat intelligence is what powers your MDR or your SOC. And so that'd be first thing I would give to MSPs is to evaluate the research pedigree 
it's pedigree of your MDR provider, that would probably be uh, one crucial one. The second one I would just say is more around, think about the attack surface. Is that MDR provider really good at endpoint, for example, or maybe network detection and response? But remember the attack surface is so much broader. How many of those attack vectors are covered under that service would probably be a, a, another key thing to think about, especially if you're trying to consolidate, reduce costs, collect, connect thread information. So there's my little plug right there on trends research, but also I think this is a, an area we can really help MSPs hmm. cut through some of the noise that's being generated um, uh, in, in this climate of, of cybersecurity today. Like it's you said, 80%. It's, it's intriguing, right? Like, you know, when I would ask people, do you have like a list of things that you would try and evaluate when you look at new solutions out there? I would say neither of those questions are on the ask list, right? Like, you know, like who, like, where would an MSP say, well, how do you determine what's good or what's bad, right? You're going to, everybody's going to say, oh yeah, well, we, yeah, we subscribe to a global network or we're getting all this information and we decide what's good and what's bad. And it's like, how do I even evaluate your capability to be able to decide what is, right? To, the number one, is the information good? And then how do you react on it? I don't think those questions are being asked. Fair enough. We they should be. That's <laughs> my argument there. Right. Like they're thinking, oh, like, let's go back way back. Like, hey, antivirus, right? Hey, there's definitions that come down. I didn't ask where those definitions came from. I just assume, you know, hey, you know what you're doing. That's how you update the software. The software now knows what to look for. Off you go. But it's a little bit different when you're pulling in information from multiple tools, multiple systems, multiple you know, logs, right? And you're trying to like, now all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute, this system told us this. And then if I take this system, stack it on top and I see that I've pieced this timeline together and I can see something from a holistic standpoint rather than just one tool, like there's yeah. there's an art to that. <laughs> That's the concept of, of XDR. Maybe yeah. something benign on itself is not that scary. But if I correlate it with something else, wait a minute, there's a broader picture there, right? So- yeah, I, I think there's this that convergence of this consolidation in cybersecurity. I think I would argue there's been a mentality shift from like in the past. It was like, I don't want vendor. I, I, I My approach to security was vendor A at the endpoint, vendor E at the uh, network, vendor C at the email layer, et cetera, et cetera. And the idea was, well, if this vendor misses it here, this other vendor is going to catch it there. But I, I think in today's threat landscape, that mentality has changed to say, how do I correlate different data sets together, whether that's coming from one vendor or multiple vendors? My main goal is to correlate that data set for that very reason you said, where maybe on its own, it's not very scary because the endpoint vendor missed it. But yeah. here correlating with the network folks, wait a minute, there's there's more things happening here. So yeah, yeah. Well, it changed that mind shift. Uh, all right. Of, so let me let me give you, let's flip the situation around on its head. Ready? Let's say I'm an MSP. Let's say I, I for Trend Micro was the, the vendor I selected. Okay. And an event happens, right? Like, mm. hey, it's only it's only a, an if, not a when, or no, a when, not an if, right? Right. So I had to flip <laughs> that around. Um, what happens, right? Like, what does the process look like? Because like the first thing I think about as somebody who's in the middle of that, right? It's like, hey, there's an end user, there's me, the service provider, there's you, the vendor, who's actually doing the heavy lifting in this category. Yes. 
I get really scared really fast, right? It's like, uh-oh, uh, how, 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 you know, like, you know, is this customer going to go down? Like, how quickly, how bad is it? Like, do I have to worry about, you know, you know, mm. how, how much worry should I have? And like, hey, you know, like, we could have all the, the things we're doing right on the planet, right? We're in a litigious, you know, you know, country here. And like, you know, anybody can file a lawsuit, right? So, you know, like, I'm sure, like, you guys are servicing a lot of people, a lot of companies, ten thousands, hundreds, thousands, whatever. But like from the service provider standpoint, like what does that experience kind of sort of look like? Sure. Yeah, we have a solution. We call it co-manage XDR services. And the word co is to really signify that we are co-working with the MSP in providing security for their customer. However, this service is really MSP facing because we want the MSP to be the cybersecurity hero. So the way it kind of works from an experience perspective is there's this concept that we call like a noteworthy event. And a noteworthy event could be maybe a detection from the endpoint, maybe something we see over here from the email side. It looks like something. So that actually triggers our SOC team to initiate an investigation or, you know, let's put some human eyes, I should say, on it, right? Um, and at, during that time, we will notify the MSP, hey, FYI, if they log into their console, they'll see Trend's SOC team is evaluating that particular noteworthy event, just to simplify it. And during that time, our backend team does what Trend does best. We are threat intelligence experts. We start running our own little tools and correlating other information. And again, remember, we have global threat intelligence. Uh, and so based upon that, we will then conduct an, uh, an incident response, should it be an incident, provide them with an incident report. Here's how we see it happen. Here's potential patient zero. Here's the key um, indicators of compromise, these type of things. Here's, by the way, also importantly, Here's the actions that we've taken, for example, already. And here's a nice report detailing that. Now, obviously, it's part of like the remediation phase. Why, going back to that co-working model, there are things that maybe we cannot do. And you probably don't want us to do as an MSB. So, for example, usually you have access to the firewall credentials. Do you want Trend Micro modifying your firewall rules. However, we may tell you a suggestion in our response back, hey, here's the responses we've done. Here's the ones we suggest you do, particularly maybe around network traffic with your firewall. So that'd be an example in this co-manage model where we've done the actions we believe we could do if assuming it's a real incident. Uh, however, there could be some actions that you need to take that you're probably in a better position being the conduit between uh, our, our SOC team and the partner to do. So in that scenario, <clears throat> the goal is to create a nice, fancy little report that the MSP can put their logo on and look like that cybersecurity hero and say, hey, <clears throat> here's how, here's the value we we uh, provided in this uh, attack here. Excuse me. Wow. Okay. At any point in time, does the end, like let's say the MSP is like, hey, man, I, you know, can I just put everybody together? Cause like, I'm, you're, you know, I don't want to translate something that you're saying incorrectly. Right. It's like, you're saying one thing, maybe I'm absorbing some of it, not all of it. Now I got to turn around and explain, like, 
how how does that you know communication happen when you're in the middle of this yeah so it really just depends on the partner's preference so i think one of the values of the service is access to security analysts so a lot of times our security analysts are filtering information to the msp the msp is putting it in words and in ways that the customer would understand and they're playing you know here's the situation they're saying hey yes our SOC team they're they're you know trends behind them supporting what they're telling in other cases the more savvy the customer maybe it's a compliance situation the msp will bring us all together if you will mm -hmm. allow the customer to ask questions things of that nature um so it really just depends on that customer's you know approach like maybe they just want to know hey I, I see this new thing on the news. Am I safe from Log4j? So we need to equip the partner with, yes, we've already done a proactive IOC a swept, uh, across your assessment across your customers. At this point, we're not observing any of these indicators of compromise associated with this attack. Yes, you can maybe tell your customer for now, right? We, we don't see anything suspicious. Other cases, the customer might want to know, hey, tell me the details. How is Log4j attacks implemented or there are certain other things so it becomes a more consultative approach but normally that's driven by the partner because our main communication avenue is to the partner versus directly to their customer so they always maintain i would say the relationship but they also know that customer's environment a lot better than us uh to be honest and and some of the things maybe we recommend is not feasible for whatever purpose, right? They're a manufacturing company. We're making some suggestion that, yeah, it's maximum protection, but slows down their uh, <laughs> their 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 operating procedures or facility manufacturing uh, procedures. So that's an example. How does the remediation part of this work, right? So, like, obviously, like bunch of technology, bunch of people watching what's happening in quasi real time. They flag something, right? Like hopefully it gets stopped in its tracks or, you know, maybe you figure it out after, you know, depending on the type of the nature of the situation. But like, how do, you know, like then then there's the after the thing, right? Like, hey, you know, things need to be done in order to bring things back up to okay. Like how much is Trend's team doing in that situation versus the MSP or is Trend like saying, hey, Mr. MSP, now you need to do the next 10 things. Let us know when they're done. Or, or is your team actively helping on that side? So we, we are actively helping, just a short answer, but I think it also depends on the severity of the incident. So mm -hmm. for example, maybe at the beginning of, let's just say a ransomware attack, one of our first jobs as Trend Micro is to contain and reduce the impact of that incident. So instead of a hundred machines that need to be remediated, it's three. So that may change the approach that we take during remediation. So some of that remediation may be from a threat perspective. How do we make sure all remnants, those files or the emails or whatever, the URLs, all of that type of data is collected and refed into our products, la, 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 but also clean from the machine. And then it's, well, how do we get it back operationalizing, IT ops? And I think this is where the MSP could decide, well, it's two machines, in this case, we're taking this approach to, you know, we're just going to wipe them and start over something simple or, hey, though there's some critical data, we're going to restore to this backup, for example. So I think, again, going back to that co-working model, 
we we you know to be honest we were debating do we modify that terminology because at the beginning when we launched the service i don't know four or five years ago we wanted to use the word co-mdr or you know to signify we're co-working with the partner but sometimes to some of your questions the msp is thinking they play a bigger role in this security heavy lifting piece of of of, of this type of service but um, you know, these days, I think now, if I look at the market, one of our discussions was when an MSP hears an MDR service or something like that, they're already assuming it's MSP friendly, right? Um, and so the word co-manage almost sometimes throws a, a partner off because they're like, wait, what part of this am I responsible for? What part are you are responsible for? And they're thinking they're responsible for more in this service than really, you know, I described and kind of how this would work. Right. So it's, uh, it's fun, but yeah, maybe any advice there, if you hear the word co-managed versus, Hey, yes, this is an MDR service for MSPs. So I was yeah. giving you examples of how we co-work with the partner to demonstrate what we mean by that. But any thoughts on that, Georgia, put your MSP uh, hat sandbox hat on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, the immediately the words that come to my mind is vendor management, right? Like a lot of MSPs don't do well in this conversation, right? Like a lot of MSPs get stuck dealing with vendor management because the you know the end customer comes to the table with stuff already, mm. and you just you you're dealing with it, right? Now, are you appropriately charging for your time? Probably not. I would say more times than not, you're not. And then the, this idea that um, if you touch it, it's your problem. Some degree that's true, right? Like, it's like, Hey, do I want to, don't want to take this on? Here's the problem. If you don't touch it, uh, it also could be a problem, right? So it's a double-edged sword in that case. That being said, like, I think the first thing that comes to my mind, Lamont is I want to limit my, my liability and my risk, right? Like I'm not you, right? Like I don't have your resources. Yeah, the vendor is expecting me to be in the middle of it because we have the relationship with the end customer. Got it. Fine. Understood. But uh, hmm. I also like, if anything, I'm just, if anything, I'm almost like a big vendor manager, a big project manager. I'm bringing a lot of different technologies and vendors to the table, you know, but everybody has to perform in their own category, right? So if something does happen, I'm working on behalf of the end customer to get you to a good place. But in the same token, it's, it's no different than like, hey, I got into a car accident. I'm not State Farm. I'm not Geico. I know, I know you have to call them. I know you have to report it. You know, I know they have their process and then adjuster comes out and all that jazz. But like, I, I'm, you know, all I'm doing is helping you get to the point where you, your claim submitted and like, they're going to do their part, right? You know, that kind of way. So to some degree, I'm like, hey, how much of my time is going to be in the middle of this? And I want to make sure that I'm properly pricing for that because that's the one thing that, you know, I can't get back, right? Once time's burned, it's burned. That's number one. Number two, like, what's my liability in the middle of that sandwich, right? And like, I want to make sure that, you know, if I'm bringing a third party service in, people like very transparent, right? I'm bringing them to the table because they perform a very important thing. I am not them. I'm not Microsoft. If, if Office 365 goes down this afternoon, you can't get your email. I'm going to take your phone call about it, but I can't help fix that. I got to wait just like you and everybody else. Right, right. So that's number two. And then the last one is, you know, like, 
this is a little old school, but I, I think it's still very uh, re uh, relevant. It's like, hey, if I recommended you to something, right? Hey, go try this out. Go talk to this person. Go try this solution. Just in my regular everyday life, forget technology for a second, right? If for some reason that interaction, when you took my recommendation goes bad, you're coming back to me, right? Fair enough, yeah. That's just how it is. It's like, hey, you should go try this ice cream place. You're going to love it. And you go there, you're like, yeah, man, I showed up there. I could, you know, I stood in line forever, you know, like I never even got to order. I ended up bouncing. I don't know if I'm ever going back. And you're like, uh-oh. You know, like, I know that's a crazy little example, but like, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. So like, th that's the third thing, right? It's like, well, hey, you recommended this security solution for me. And I had an incident. It's like, yeah, like I recommended you to a doctor. I didn't say you weren't going to get sick. You're going to get sick, right? It's a human condition. It's what happens once you get sick, right? Like, is that are you going to be able to get the help that you need and you're going to be happy with that? So I think that that articulating that, Lamont, has always been the problem in this particular vertical, this space, MSP land. It's like people, because they don't very clearly define what exactly the recommendation is, the assumption is what comes back and kills you. The expectation is what comes back and kills you. And it's like, well, I had an incident. Why am I even paying you? And it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you have a security alarm on your home. I can't help that. Like somebody tried to burglar it. Yes, it happens. But like, how quickly did somebody respond? And did they have enough time to do a lot more than they did? I don't know. Like, it's it's all about creating, it's anticipating the problem and putting things in place to address it ahead of time. Because every single time something went bad, most of the time, in my opinion, and I'm going to go to an extreme example, right? It's like hurricane, right? It's like you could have had things pre-staged in place ahead of that situation to prevent and limit damage. But because you didn't anticipate it and you weren't prepared, the worst case happened, right? Like, yeah. I think that's one of the other big mind shifts that we see in cybersecurity is the shift to preparation and resiliency, the you need to change that mentality it used to be a lot of prevention which by the way the old saying still goes an ounce of prevention is whatever right <laughs> um, so but i yeah. think in cybersecurity there is this big focus and that's why you see events like write a boom it's what happens afterwards that's becomes very important now uh and i think that's that mentality shift you got to prepare and build resilience you see and like you said maybe it's that service Having a ransomware attack, okay, you're going to have one most likely. Now, is that impacted to one machine or 1,000 machine? The severity the uh, and what you did to prepare and build resilience for such an attack is what's going to matter when such an attack happens, right? And I think certain getting certain MSPs are there, to be honest, looking at that and providing that value. How, as an MSP, I always said this, they're in the business of risk. You assume risk from your customers. If the backups aren't working, they go to you, right? Um, these, If I get hacked, hit by uh, an attack, maybe unfoundly, they're going to bring you with that risk. But I think now the, the MSPs that I see being super successful in cybersecurity, it's not about selling their customers cybersecurity solutions. It's those partners that are helping their customers better manage their cybersecurity risk. Like that, that's kind of how I see this kind of playing out right now. Those being successful, they're not trying to sell the latest and greatest technology, zero trust, XDR, EDR, name the buzzword. They're tying these technologies to, hey, customer, this is 
helping you reduce this particular cyber risk, if you will, whether it's, you know, hey, you're adopting this new technology serverless in AWS. Well, the security needs change that exposes you to risk to your business. Here's a solution that can solve that, right? So I, I think those, my suggestion is, you know, we're not selling cybersecurity. You're selling almost like cyber risk management skills, uh, services to your, to your customers. Uh, and, and those are the ones that I see being super successful. Sorry, I went off a little tangent there. No, no. I mean, listen, I mean, you know, state of mind, right? Like, hate, you know, like I was actually telling somebody earlier today, Lamont, I was like, I should be a lawyer, right? I was like, maybe, maybe, maybe my next venture, right? And just be like, I think I'd be good at it. But anyway, like when you get charged with a crime, part of the, you know, like part of it is, hey, what was, what were you thinking, right? And it's like the impossible thing to figure out. Mens right? rea is the technical legal term. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> what was your state of mind? So like, in this case, the MSP state of mind, you know, needs to flip from what I said earlier, which is like you constantly afraid that the next shoe is going to drop to, hey, why don't we understand what's actually happening? And so let's let's even talk to the people that are doing what you do out in the trench and understand what's actually going down on a day to day. And instead of waiting for it to happen to you, prepare. Right. Like gear up for it. Expect that there's a problem. And by the way. If you never have that problem, awesome, right? You like maybe that's luck, right? Maybe there's a little luck involved there. But like, if you never got hit, good for you. You like enjoy, right? Hopefully, you know, low stress world. But when it, you know, if you're the unlucky one that day, it's going to hurt a whole lot worse. Now, you know, you said reputation before. Maybe you lose your customer. You know, maybe you get sued. If they have an cyber policy, maybe the insurance company is coming after you because you're not doing what you said. Like all these things can happen. Um, if anything, Lamont, I think this conversation has maybe deterred people from continuing. I know some people are just like, you know what? Call it a career. I I, I put in a good run. I'm gonna gonna sell it, close it down, move on. I'll go go flip hamburgers. That's easier. Like <laughs> I've heard a lot of that in the last two years. No joke. And it's like, well, how how old are you, dude? Like, are we talking retirement age, or are you just you burned, you burned out? And it's like, no, I'm burned out. And I was like, I just don't, I don't have the juice anymore. I'm like, okay, I get it. But like, and trust me, there's plenty of people out there looking to buy people. Don't get me wrong. Oh, the, the, the <laughs> M&A scene is, is crazy yeah. in our space. And I think it's continued after, uh, after COVID, but I, I love the new stuff happening with all these smaller companies kind of coming together and these new, I don't know if they're, I would call them peer groups, but like, like technology basically, groups like, or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine you took, and, you know, I think you know, going back to our good buddy, Reed Warren from IT Valuations, who we've had on a couple of times, it's like, hey, let's say you were in a group of people, formal, informal, doesn't matter. It's like, all right, let's call it five IT companies. If those five IT companies merge into one larger IT company, the value of the collective five is worth more than each one added together one by one. Some greater than the parts. There's there's two references today, though. 100%. <laughs> so, so at the end of the day, like, here's where, you know, we're going a little bit you know down another hole, but it's like, your due diligence internally, right, within the MSP could largely dictate what your value is. You're like, what do you mean? My value is my books. Here's the revenue I'm bringing in. Here's the expenses I'm putting out. Here's the net. There's my math. And it's like, yeah, but if somebody comes in and finds out that, like, you didn't do the right things internally to, to have your quote unquote check boxes, right? Did you take care of your security? Did you take care of your compliance? Did you take care of your 
things that you needed to do in order to say that you were doing correct, you know, practice of technology? The answer is no. Then there is risk on the potential buyer to say, well, now I have to absorb all of that. And like, you need a lot of work and that work's going to cost me X. Let me give you the analogy. You go, like somebody sells, goes to buy a home, right? Usually there's an inspector that comes in. They'll say like, all right, how's everything going? Like, is everything up to date? Is everything up to code? When they find out, hey, you know, the roof's a little bit old. It's going to have to be replaced. And by the way, the hot water heater is like kind of on the last leg. And, you know, like all these problems with the house, that comes into the, well, if I got to spend money to fix it, I'm going to put, that's part of the negotiation, right? Same thing here. You know, if you've been kind of, hey, they're not going to get me. I'm too small. I'll worry about this when the time comes and the time never came. Time could come at the worst time, right? Which is at yes. the time you're trying to cash out. So unfortunately, sure. it's one of those things where you you really got to take care of your own backyard, even to start, right? So that you don't find yourself in that position or else you're going to take a hit. And or when I say hit, it could be that your business has no value, none. Like they come to you and they say, I like what you're doing. Sounds like it's a great business. Now you've been doing it for a long time. Your customers seem to love you, but I can't offer you anything. Too you know, like <laughs> not, not good. So just, just something to throw out there guys. Right? Like if you're listening to this, you're watching this, you know, there's no be all end all. Right. I think we can all agree. There's no silver bullet, but. Definitely. It's all know. managing the risk. That's <laughs> That's the beauty of it. And I think MSBs are in the perfect position to help their customers better manage cyber risk. And the more connected the world is, I believe the more business there's going to be for, for MSBs in the future. And I, I love all the energy that we're seeing in the space, um, uh, just in general from the whole community, whether it's investors and whether it's new companies, like maybe companies like Super Ops that are coming to the market and, you know, like an RMM PSA space that's been, you know, for so long dominated by certain players, right? So I love all the innovation that the current community uh, is is doing. And I think, you know, just to plug your community event, uh, I had an opportunity to attend it last year and definitely one of those learning and elevating the whole community, if you will, that's a, a great initiative that, you know, MSPI, ever since I think trend, we've been involved for, it was coming out of COVID, honestly, when we first got introduced. So it's great to see all the cool stuff that MSPI is doing for the community and kind of driving these type of conversations around security and, but doing it in a way where it's not like selling, it's also vendor agnostic, I feel as well. That's another situation I really love about MSPI. And I think your community events brought together MSPs, having conversations with MSPs, vendors from all types of space, whether it's security or, you know, communications, backup, et cetera, bringing us all together. So you guys are doing an awesome, awesome job. And congratulations to you and Alec on your uh, CRN awards on the channel side. Well, of the same, right, same right back at you and your team. I mean, I appreciate the love. Yeah, I mean, listen, why do we do all this? I mean, we got plenty of other things that we could be doing, trust me, that or be on a plane, which I feel like we're on all the time. Uh, that being sure. said, I mean, you know what? Sometimes if we can, like back to the perception part, right? It's like if we can take the barriers down that prevent people from actually like more than networking, right? Actually talking about what their experience is, what's good, what's bad, what's hard, what's 
murky. Like there is help out there, but you got to be willing to put, you know, like you get, you get what you put in too, right? So it's like, if you come in and you're a little bit guarded and there's a castle and a moat around you and like, you don't want to talk to anyone because everybody's your competitor. It's like, nah, man, you need to change your perspective. Like it is a community out there. The help is there, whether you want it or not, I'd say, take it. For a guy that got came up from Philly who got punched in the face to the point where it's like, I can't take it anymore. Now take the help. That was a painful way to get there, right? So uh, I, le- I like to learn from other people. And quite frankly, like not in a classroom style, right? Like I want to know the real deal, right? Like give me the street versus the book, right? But um, that's always been my mentality. Um, so that's what, the, that's what we've been trying to do from day zero, right? Hey, let's bring people together. Let's get them talking. Let's get them sharing. Let's learn as a group. And I think once you blur, you know, you take the line down between, oh, well, you're somebody trying to sell me something and you're somebody that's also doing what I'm doing. Like, take all of that, put it on the shelf for a second. We're all in the technology business. We all have to understand what it is. We all have to understand what's coming next. The more you're aware and prepare for it, the better you're at, you're at. And by the way, man, it really helps, Lamont. If I can just pick up the phone and call somebody and say, hey, I need help. I need your opinion. I got this situation. What would you do? How, I mean, I wish everybody had, I hope everybody has somebody like that. At least one person. But man, (laughs) I mean, you don't know everything. Like people have either been through what you're going through or know somebody who's been going through what you're trying to go through and like cut your football field down dramatically, like more than half. So that's what we're trying to do. MSP Community Minds is designed specifically for that. It's like, hey, I want to hear the experience of the people who are doing it. And like, if I can put an expert in there that can like expand a little bit further, just to like put a little bit of a, you know, cross, cross the T dot the I type thing. Cool. But man, uh, I really, I feel there's a lot more in authenticity than there is in the PowerPoint. So. Well, good luck. I'm getting on my soapbox. I love to see the, the evolution uh, and looking forward to 2024 and kind of where, where, where you and the team are taking, uh, the MSPI stuff. I mean, the block parties are always, you know, pretty, those, you know, that helps as well, but, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing, I'm sure I'll see you in the field here pretty soon. I think I last saw you a couple of weeks ago. So uh, you're, you're definitely out in the field as well. Appreciate what, what MSPI is doing and appreciate, you know, the opportunity to come on here today as well. Hey, my little girl was just right here as well. We should have. Yeah. Yeah. Daddy daycare here. hundred percent. Hey, uh, so really, uh, really appreciate the chat. Where can people find more about trend, the MSP program, and like a little bit more information about your technology? Yeah. So obviously we would love to see you in any of the upcoming MSP industry shows go to, to George's list. He showed at the beginning there, trend yep, will industry be- calendar. <laughs> mostly there, uh, as well, obviously trendmicro.com forward slash MSP or MSSP. Uh, are two other options from for those web folks. Um, and then LinkedIn, would love to connect with some of you directly. You can just type in Lamon, L-A-M-O-N, Gorman, G-O-R-M-A-N, and uh, let's connect on LinkedIn and start the conversation. So those are awesome. a few areas, uh, but yeah. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking an hour out of your day to come on here. Uh, always good seeing you on the road. I'm, I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot of each other this year. Uh, I know you guys are uh, based out of are you based out of Dallas? I think I'm based out of Dallas, Dallas Fort Worth area. So, but yeah, our, my team is all across the U.S. So it kind of does help with the travel expenses. But yeah, looking forward to seeing you in the the broader team as well. But yeah, appreciate the opportunity today. 
Awesome. Guys, thanks for you know tuning in on this episode. We recorded it, so hopefully you'll be able to catch in your podcasters, your YouTube, or just on msbinitiative.com under sessions. Make sure to hit Lamont up on LinkedIn or check out uh, trendmicro.com slash MSP to learn all about it. We love to see you guys out on the road. Until next time, Lamont, catch you on the flip side. Everybody else, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 1 o'clock Eastern time, obviously online, 24 hours a day. And uh, definitely hit the website to figure out where we're going next. It's going to be a fun, fun year. Catch you guys on the flip side. 2024. Bye-bye. See ya.